Good morning, everybody. My name is Steve, and I'm a house church leader and elder here at Wingfoot Church, and it's my pleasure to be with you. Um, I just want you to know that John is in the building, okay? Uh, I am the third guest speaker in this series of speakers, but I want you to know that he is back. Uh, Kelly is back with him, and uh, they are looking forward to rejoining us up here uh, next Sunday. Uh, you may see him at some midweek things, so please participate in those because you'll get to actually see John. But if you want to say hi, he's in the children's uh, wing this, this Sunday, and then you can stop in on your way out and say, hey, John, where were you? All right. All right. So you ever been in a storm? You ever been in a, in a, in a rain that was super heavy and just mighty? Um, recently here in, in our Northeast Ohio area, uh, the rain has been big. Uh, my family calls it raindrops as big as your face. Uh, they're coming down in droves and it's just, it's just coming and it's pouring and it's heavy. And, and the wind is so much that it's like getting into my house, like under the door. So I've been amazed at how big the rain is. But I'm not talking about that kind of storm. I'm talking about the, the, the storm that causes you to question whether or not you might make it today. Uh, those storms are heavy. I can remember uh, my family and I, we were um, living down in North Carolina, and we actually lived through a hurricane. Now, I've seen other storms. I've seen volcanoes erupting. I've seen uh, earthquakes happening and that shake the house and the land that you're around in different directions that you didn't think could possibly happen. Uh, but this hurricane in particular, I remember, we had warning. Uh, so they told us, hey, there's this hurricane coming. Go home, settle things, make sure everything's okay with your family. So I went home, and we did our best to make sure there was no loose toys out and about that could blow anywhere. We, we pulled the car down the driveway so it was away from a tree. Um, you know, we, we, we worked well in order to make sure that we had enough food in place um, just in case. We even filled up water so, we, so we would have water and wouldn't be contaminated. Um, but I remember when this storm came that it just drove the wind and the rain into the house. Just, just like you ever been to the ocean and the waves just come and they just hit you and then they hit you again? Well, that's how a hurricane is. The wind blows that rain so it's pounding against the house and it just hits you time and time again. Now, we were fortunate because we had good shelter. The home that we were living in was one that was actually made for storms. In eastern North Carolina, in this military housing that we were in, it was actually was designed out of, out of large block, cement block that was stacked and formed, and it was a small, short house, and it was wide. So it was made to take wind. It was made to protect. But even as this wind was hitting the house, we still, my little family and I, we still kind of huddled underneath a table. We had candles that we had lit, and we, we did things to comfort ourselves. I remember Chris, my wife, was, uh, had some blankets there for us to kind of snuggle up in, and then she would read stories to the kids. We had a place of comfort. Sometimes family is important when you're, when you're dealing with a storm. Um, in my life, I've had times when I just didn't know what was next. I was struggling with a decision or I was struggling with consequences of my actions. Um, but when those things happened, I would go to family. I would seek uh, the comfort and the, and the care and the love of those who knew me. I know that when my kids were in college, they would do the same thing, that they would, they would actually have times when just work was hard 
or school was, was just you know, hitting them in the direction that they, they hoped it wouldn't. Um, but they would come home and they would spend time with us at home because they knew that that was a place of safety. For me, the place of safety when I was a kid was actually my grandma's house. It was a small, nothing special kind of place in the sense of the building itself. It was a two-bedroom, one-bath house, had a living room and a kitchen, and that was it. Uh, this house was a structure that in and of itself wasn't very, you know, you wouldn't look at it and say, oh, this is like the place to go to when you feel un unsafe or when you feel insecure. Uh, but for me, it was. And it's because my family was there, my grandma and my granddaddy were there, and, and, I, and I knew that they would be there to comfort me. Whether it was my grandma rolling biscuits in the kitchen and I can smelling those cooking throughout the day, or, or even my granddaddy would sit in a rocking chair next to the storm door and reading his newspaper, and he was the quietest man on earth. But I could walk up to him and lay my, my arm on his arm, and I knew that he was there for me. What's funny is I look at my arms, and they're his. So when I needed shelter, I would always go to my grandparents' house because I knew that was a place of comfort and protection for me. You know, we all seek shelter. We seek shelter in many different ways. For some of us, it's a home, you know, the structure that we live in. There's a roof on top and walls, and it's framed in such a way that it's, that it's to protect you and to care for you and, and a place that you can go to to get out of the storm. For others, it might be work. You know, work provides income, it provides a resource, uh, it gives you a sense of purpose. Um, you enjoy working with the people that you work with. Um, some, for some, it's actually a, a shelter away from home. For others, it could be money. You know, we set aside money for things when we're not sure what's going to happen. It's called a savings account. And that's okay. Setting aside money for that is good. That way, if something was to happen, you have a resource to go back to. But sometimes we, we, we seek money and almost like that's the, that is the only purpose, the only shelter that we have. And you have to be careful not to let that be the thing that guides you. But others can be status. You know, we want to be, have a good reputation with those that we're surrounded with, whether it's family or friends. How many of us are on, on Facebook or Instagram or whatever the next gram is? And we want those likes, right? We want to get those, those responses back from others that kind of reminds us that, you know, people uh, value our opinions. They value our comments. Sometimes it puts us in a place where um, how real are we really being? And then last, one of the other things that we look at for shelter is our actual health. I remember as a young man, I say young, when I was in my 30s, um, I remember saying to myself, as long as my back is strong, I'll be able to do whatever I need to do. And somehow, my back started to weaken. You know, the, the disc would, would degenerate and, the, and, and bulge out. And it's amazing how this little teeny tiny thing that they call a donut, which seems to be a happy thing, but all of a sudden would cause this pain in me that would shoot down my leg and, and actually cause me not to be able to walk or move or sneeze or cough or laugh or anything. It's it a painful moment. So even our health can, uh, can fail us from time to time. But, you know, we work to make sure that we, we maintain good health. You know, whether it's exercise or nutrition, uh, we want to be healthy. One of the things we have to remember, though, is that man-made shelter is temporary. You know, whether it's the age or despair, I'm sorry, disrepair or neglect, they all cause ruin. 
you know, one of the things that we've seen in, in Goodyear Heights is as we're moving into homes here, many of them have been neglected for many years. In the sense, as we move in, we have to do simple little things just to bring it up to, to par. Um, I, I hear stories about holes in basement walls that when it rains, it pours in like a fountain, you know, or air conditioners that, that die all of a sudden, or a roof that starts leaking while there's also water coming in from underneath. And it's like, can we just make the water stop? We live on a hill. What's the deal? You know, I don't get it. But, you know, Jesus describes for us this fact as well. In Matthew 6, 19 through 20, he says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither rust, I'm sorry, moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For there where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And he's reminding us not to, to find our our shelter, our refuge in the things of this earth, to find them in a greater thing, to find them in God. God is our shelter. He's the one that we should go to for refuge and strength. We read Psalm 91 this morning, and it's a reminder that that's where we seek uh, true shelter and true refuge. In Psalm 91, we're under God's protection. You know, he reminds us that uh, he is our refuge and fortress. And the one that we can trust in verse 4, it says, He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You see, a shield and a buckler, a shield could either have been an iron shield, you know, a little circle thing or square or whatever, how it was made, or wood. And a buckler was a short sword. But see, these are defensive weapons. These are not the weapons that you go to attack. These are the ones that you go to protect. So you're protecting your person with this shield and this buckler. So... So the psalmist is saying that God is that protection that we need. We can have confidence in him. If we look at Psalm 91, 5 through 8, it's a reminder that um, he will do great things for us. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. You know, it's a reminder for us that with God's protection, with his coverage, with him being the shelter that we need, that even when we face tragedy, even when we face turmoil, that we have we have greater things to look forward to because of the saving grace of Jesus. Excuse me, that's in my way. <laughs> Jesus also is our example. If we look over in Luke 4, 9 through 12, you know, Jesus had just spent 40 days in the desert, and the devil came to him to tempt him. And the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. And if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. So now the devil wants to throw a little Psalm 91 at him. And he says, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. And they will lift you up on their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. But Jesus knows his scripture too. So he throws a little Isaiah back at him. And he says... Do not put the Lord, your God, to the test. You know, Jesus reminds us that even though God is our shelter, 
um, we can trust and have confidence that he is the one to provide. Um, we don't need to test him for that. And he also reminded the devil of what his authority was in that. So how do we seek shelter? We can seek it with confidence. In verses 14 through 16, it says that because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls me, I will answer him, and I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. You know, we can have confidence that God is going to provide for us when we are in need. We also can, can have confidence or actually security in knowing that it, it takes time. You know, we are, we are called by the psalmist to meditate. In Psalm 143, 5, it says, I meditate on all you have done. I ponder the works of your hand. Take time to think about what God has done for you already in your life. Take time to think about how he has provided for you. Because when times are a struggle, uh, those are things that you should be thinking about. And remember that he provided for you once before, and he will provide for you again. Also in 145, Psalm 145, 5, it says, On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. God is wonderful. His works are, are just marvelous. And, and we can have, have confidence that um, that is the God we're going to. So one of the last things I want to talk about today is that it takes true fellowship. So don't try to do this alone. We're reminded in Acts 2.42, and it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. It's good for us to hear God's word. It's good for us to study God's word, because that's where we see the things that he has done for us over all time. And it's also good for us to be in fellowship. And fellowship is not this um, gathering together because we want to have a picnic. Fellowship is actually communing with each other. It's actually being a part of a community where we're supporting each other's needs. It's being part of a community that when we have trouble, we can share. It's being a part of a community that serves on a mission together. Now, breaking the bread. Food is good. Food is like the... Uh, the, uh, the glue that kind of holds groups together. I love food, so let's make sure we're breaking the bread. And the prayers. Each Sunday, each Sunday morning, we talk about prayer. Each Sunday morning, we have folks that are in the back of this room that are ready to pray with you. Don't be shy. It, it, it's it's uh, time for you just to share where you're at to allow somebody else to pray over you. I had four different people pray over me this morning. It has given me great confidence in the ability to stand here without shaking. So prayer is powerful. When I remember um, these words and I think about uh, my refuge and my strength that I go back to, I do think about my grandmother. When I remember these words and I think about, particularly I think about Acts um, 2.42 and I, I go back to the fact that when I would when I would be in struggle, when I would be in and need a, a reassurance that things are going to be okay, I would go to my grandmother's house. And like I said before, it wasn't her house that had any, any, any mystical purpose. Matter of fact, it wasn't even their house. 
My grandparents never owned a home. They rented the home that they lived in. And this simple little house was powerful because of the people that were inside. Because that community was a place where I could go to and I could, I could hear the truth. I could hear the truth about who Jesus was in my grandparents' lives. And then they would share who he would be in my life. And I could take confidence in that. That my grandma would prepare these meals that I can still smell. The roast and the fried chicken and the stewed potatoes and the vegetables that had more meat in them than vegetables. Um, you know, those and those biscuits just, just filled the air. And it just brings back memories of love and care and concern. And I also think about the prayers. My grandmother prayed for me her whole life. Well, my whole life. My grandmother prayed for me in person. She would pray over me. But when I was miles away, whether I was living in Ohio, whether I was stationed out in California, or I was on the other side of the world, she was praying for me. I can remember that I would get letters from her. And always at the bottom of her letters would say, and I prayed for you by name. And that prayer, knowing that prayer was there for me, gave me uh, a reassurance that I could set aside the things of this world and come back to a God who loves me, to remember a, a Christ who saved me, and to be led by a spirit who was going to comfort me. And that's what I ask for all of us today. So will you pray for me, or with me? Father God, we just want to come before you this morning. I just thank you so much for what you have done in our lives. I'm so glad that you are a God who is a refuge, that you are a God who is a strength that you are our protector and our defender, that you seek to carry us through our trouble and our, and our difficulty and, and our pain. So Lord, I pray that you would speak into each of our hearts this morning. You know where we're at right now. You know the struggle that we're dealing with right now. So Lord, I just ask that you would reach out to us this morning and just that by your spirit, we would be comforted and know that we can have confidence of long life because of the saving grace of Christ. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.